0: So it's about that time. It is tax season, people. And if you run a salon and you're worried about having to pay more tax at the end of the year because of all these new things that you just got, the PPP loans and all these other pieces of support and grants and things like that, don't worry. I got you covered on today's podcast. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas and barbershops shops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Dang, oh, dang. Today we're talking about taxes. If you've ever been smacked with a tax bill that you did not expect, do me a favor and comment tax in the comments section below, because I gotta be honest, man, when you're an employee and you get money back at the end of the year for taxes, it's like, hey, I got some money, I'm excited. I remember my first refund check, I was like, what am I gonna buy with my refund check? Then you become a business owner and then your refund checks become, hey, guess how much more you owe the government? (laughs) because you didn't properly prepare. You didn't plan. And I also remember the last time I got a very big surprise uh, that was uh, more money than I used to make in an entire year. I got as a surprise one time at the end of the year in tax planning. And so I just want to say, if you're a business owner and you've ever had to deal with this shenanigans of tax, uh, comment tax, because I think that This is the topic you need to master as a business owner to make sure that you keep a profit. And I've got somebody on who's a good friend of mine who we've been hanging out for a couple years now that I'd like to welcome to the show who's a tax expert in planning and all things tax, Bob Govro. What's up, Bob? How are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, buddy. Great to be here. Uh, I'm great, man. The sun is shining. Life is good. It's a good day. Now you're you're an interesting tax person because a you have a personality. <laughs> Step one, you have a personality. Number two, you're a Canadian that deals in Canada, intentionally said that way, and America. So you have you have clients in both uh, up in Canada and in America, and it's just super good to have you on. I've had you on before when we were talking about some tax stuff, and I, I just I love your attitude and your energy about all these things uh, tax because man, can I just say you when we have a conversation around tax, people are like, can we have that for like, you know, three seconds uh, or four seconds and then move on to something else? Because most people are not like jumping for joy about the tax conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I right. get it. It's my industry yeah. altogether. We've bored people to tears. Right. Uh, and it's always associated with this financial pain, right? right? Every time you talk to the CPA, it's painful because you know sure. you're shelling out more money.
0: Well, and we we were talking about this kind of right before we kicked the show on, right? Is that a lot of times you talk to your CPA, and, and I've had this experience, Bob, where like, you know, my first CPA, like, found me some extra money I didn't have. And then my next CPA was like, well, wait a second, you can't really write all these things off. And then every year it kind of becomes this downward slope to like, how much can I, how much more can I possibly pay the government? And I think, you know, we get into this place where this isn't a tax avoidance strategy or it's like, like, I don't want to pay money, but I want to pay the fair share. And if there's a write-off or something that I need to be aware of, I'd like to know what those things are in my business. And if you're a salon owner and you want to find out about more write-offs, comment write-offs. We're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk about just kind of in general, how tax planning can really save you from this in general. And by the way, Bob, hopefully you can hear me on this one, too. I had a tax planner one time. This is what she said to me. She said, Jason, if you just prepaid more tax, you wouldn't have to pay more tax. (laughs) And I was like, that is not tax planning. That is just making payments (laughs) to the government early. So, not the path. Okay. I'll go down the path of proper tax planning so that we can use the tools available to us to have less taxable liability. Can we talk about that today? Absolutely. So, you want me to kick it off in like the, Dude, the number let's one just area? Do it. Let's. let's. Hell yeah, Yeah. let's dive in. I'll ask some questions, but what are some of the things you find, and especially with the salon and spa space, what are some of the things that you realize most people are not doing or they're doing wrong? And I'd really like to know where people can have opportunities that they're probably missing out on, especially with all the new compliance laws for US and Canada.
1: Yeah, totally. So the the very first thing I would say is when you look at how you're paid as a business owner, as a salon owner, right? If you're paid salary, or if you're taking dividends or draws, you know, how are those individually taxed and could you switch to a different method and save more money? And that would probably be the biggest area where when we jump in and we start doing a tax plan, when we make small tweaks and adjustments in there, there's thousands of dollars of savings. If you're not using the most
0: optimal process. Yeah, so just to clarify, because I, I'm familiar with this a little bit, but again, I'm not a CPA, which is why I brought Bob. He's super smart uh, and knows all this stuff. Is it, so a lot of salon owners very often were like, well, hey, I'm just gonna pay myself just a flat salary and then I'm covered, right? But we talk about three different types of income in high performance salon account. You've got your behind the chair income, one type of income, you're working for that income. Your second income is going to be your manager salary or income that you make for being a manager or owner. And the third is going to be the profit distribution that you take from your salon. There's actually three different types of income. Now, Bob, all three of those could be, well, at least two of them uh, are taxed differently, correct? Yes, they're they're taxed
1: differently. And it's also different depending on what type of business structure you have as well. Sure. Right. For that. So yep. So yep. you know, a lot of people, um, when they're in a growth stage of their business or in in infancy, they set up an LLC. Um, and again, guys, my U.S. tax knowledge is not as great as my Canadian tax knowledge. But That's okay, we uh, can talk Canada too. Yeah, yeah, we can talk both. But in the U.S., um, the LLC is a really flexible way for you to be able to elect to either pay the corporate tax rate in an LLC. Look at
0: those two different ways you need to figure out which way is gonna be the, the most optimal for your tax position. Right, so check with your CPA and figure out what structure you're set up as. And I know a lot of our salons, if you're not set up this way, a lot of our salons are either set up as an LLC and then are taxed as an S uh, as an S Corp or they're just set up as a straight S-corp. So just check with your local CPA and find out some information about how that's set up. But again, understanding the difference between how you're paid, because again, you're taxed less as profit distribution than you are as employment, because you have employment taxes that go along uh, with your employment income. But again, you want to make sure that you set yourself up for success as a salon owner. And I think you need to divide yourself out and say, what's my behind the chair income? What's my manager income? And then what's my profit distribution, which is my reward for uh, my reward for taking a risk as a business owner and making sure those percentages are good. Do you have any guidance, Bob, on kind of how to set that up of like, what should be salary, what should be profit distribution at all in any sort of uh, entity like that?
1: Yeah, for me, honestly, Jason, it, it you know, there's two ways to look at it, right? You can have it set up uh, in practicality for the three different ways to pay out, or you could track everything that way and pay yourself yeah. out the most efficient way. So. You know just like you're talking about the profit distribution which is a dividend essentially inside the business in canada we try and structure all business owners to take out dividend distributions only it could be calculated based on here's your set salary here's the profit distribution but because we choose that as a dividend compensation plan it's way more efficient for the business owners. Uh, so any Canadians out there, if you're not doing a dividend plan, you're probably paying an extra five thousand dollars too much.
0: And it's an yes. easy switch. Yeah, dude,
1: that's every helpful.
0: year. Super, super helpful. And again, great tip for you, uh, Canadians that are out there. And again, there are ways you can change that inside uh, your you know U.S. based salons as well. So be aware. That's a great tip, Bob. What are some other areas that you often see that are kind of like? places that people just miss out on tax savings or just don't know that those things are available to them? Again, U.S. or Canadian, what are some of the other areas besides how they pay themselves that you find that there's opportunities for them to reduce some liability?
1: Yeah, so one of the questions that we get, probably the most common one, is where should we spend our money so that we don't pay as much tax, right? And often, sort of as a joke back, I say, well, spend it on me and I'll help you save the tax." And two, you know, if we spend time working on strategy, then we can come up with a really good plan. But one of the things I want to make really clear to the salon owners is that um, if you're spending money, so let's say you're spending $100 to try and save tax money, you're really only saving maybe 30% of that, and you're still out cash flow of 70%, right? You're out $70. So if you're looking to spend something just for a tax deduction, don't do it, right? right? Keep that cash. Let's pay extra tax. But, you know, if there's ways that we can focus on strategic timing uh, or other opportunities to claim expenses, we're already actually paying for those are the really good questions. So. So to jump into those, Jason, one of the things that I feel like a lot of people miss out is on the home office expense or the, um, you know, the the home or the cottage uh, conference rental that that you get to put through for
0: for business taxes and getting that totally, deduction that's like that's a big one so, right so let's talk about that for a second let let's say let's say that you as a business owner cuz we cuz I I use this deduction too is that this is something where let's say you as a business owner you've hosted an event for your company at your house right you yep. throw a backyard barbecue but you can technically and it, correct me if I'm wrong on this bob is that you can lease your house from yourself for from the company to do an event, correct? Absolutely, yep. So the only, right. the only characteristic that we have to keep
1: in mind, Jason, is it has to be fair market value. So you right. can rent it from yourself or you can rent it from the guy down the street. You know, you need to look at what your space would uh, qualify for, for fair market rent, and you can deduct right. that inside your business, which is huge when it doesn't cost you anything to get right. access to your
0: home space, right? Right. And that's separate. And I hope some of you guys catch this and I'm just making sure correct me if I get any of this stuff wrong, Bob, because like I'm still a newbie trying to learn this stuff every day. Right. I don't get to study tax code as closely as you do have that intimate relationship with it. Uh, but what I would say is is like, look at the fair market value, go on to Airbnb and start to look at like, you know, what are homes in the area renting for? If you were to rent it for a certain amount of time and your CPA should be able to guide you in structure of like, well, how much should that rental be worth? How long did you use it for? What's the maximum you can write off within the structure of what you've done? Because if you can start to get to your point, Bob, that fair market value, it'll really, and that's separate than saying I'm deducting my home office, right? And my other understanding with that too is that if there's cleanup expenses with, you know, you have the housekeeper come and clean up the house before the event and after the event, there's other expenses that may be involved in that that are also write-offs that you can use for uh, using your home as a venue rental potentially, correct? And that's separate absolutely. than home office.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the home office has its own guidelines that come in with that as well, um, yep. seeing that, You know, especially this year, um, I know in Canada, a lot of the rules have loosened up on home office.
0: Sure. Essentially,
1: it said, hey, you know what? You don't even have to track the expenses of your home. We're just going to give you a set allowance or you can claim, you know, this higher percentage, higher value. You just have to give receipts. Right. So, So this year has been really interesting with that. So just be aware that there are credits available for the home office. Uh, But it's certainly something that if you're regularly conducting business out of your home and you have a designated space, you know, that you should be able to take advantage of that deduction, which, again, doesn't cost you anything. It only gets you a tax deduction. It's like the depreciation of equipment, right? The the cost of equipment on an annual basis doesn't cost you anything, but you get to claim a tax deduction related to it every single year. So let's do that. Let's capture those let's make sure that anything that doesn't cost
0: us money that we can deduct on our personal taxes that we take totally. advantage of it. Yeah. Cause that's not spending money to save money. That's just legit saving money. So guys, we got to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're gonna be talking with Bob, but we're gonna talk about how do we use, uh, how do we make sure that we're using the money that we've gotten? If you've gotten any grants, if you've gotten any of the PPP loans or any of the Canadian support, uh, loans that have come out and been available, we're gonna talk about how to use those properly. Make sure you use them in compliance and you don't have additional money to write off. All we come back talking with Bob Govro uh, good friend from Canada we'll be right back here we go hey HPSA listeners let me ask you this are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit well with Salon Scale we take the guesswork out for you using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your
1: color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the gram As you mix, SalonScale
0: will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time, so you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. SalonScale, the new standard for mixing color. All right, so I'm talking with Bob Govro from Govro CPA uh, in Canada. And uh, you know, Bob has been helping business owners for years and years, helping them save money by reducing their taxable liability and making sure that they're not doing silly things that would make them pay more tax. You guys work super hard for your money and I definitely think everybody should pay their fair share. But sometimes we get caught up just because we don't know any better in paying more than our fair share as business owners or getting a giant bill at the end of the year. We're preventing you from doing that. So Bob, I'm super stoked about this because I want to talk about some of the Canadian programs that were the Canadian assistance programs and also some of the U.S. assistance programs and talk about how that's going to play out in their taxes this year. And by the way, if you receive Any grant money or any assistance? Just do me a favor. Comment assistance. And again, one hundred percent of our high performance salon academy clients got approved for some level of assistance. Most of them are starting to get one hundred percent forgiven at this point, which is amazing. So all those loans have been written off. Uh, It's a huge, huge deal. Uh, And I'd love to talk about some of the Canadian programs because there's some great ones available. So Bob, can you talk about? Can you talk to some of those for a second?
1: Yeah, for sure. And two specific. um, One was the emergency wage subsidy. So when we kicked off in March of 2020, uh, businesses who had, that were still open, right? And and a lot of us were in kind of in a spot where we were closed, so we weren't having to pay payroll. But if you did keep people on payroll, you were able to get a 75% reimbursement for any of the payroll costs. So that was a real big one right out of the gates. It's still going now, um, but it's more so proportionate on how far your revenue is down. So if you're down, you're looking at a 50% wage reimbursement. So that's been a real big one for a lot of businesses. The second one is the emergency business account. So initially they started out and said, we're going to give every business owner access to $40,000 and 10,000 of that's going to be forgivable. And if you spend it on qualified business expenses, And then right before the end of 2020, they said, guess what, we're going to give you another 20, so 60 in total, and 20 of it's going to be forgivable. So as long as you repay the 40, you're going to get the $20,000 forgiven. So that's that's another big one, which is great for access to cash flow right now for Canadian businesses.
0: Yeah, that's good. So how would you advise, especially for Canadian businesses for a second, to be making sure they're having the right conversation with their CPA about how that gets deducted or used properly?
1: Yeah. So so the only thing that we have to do on that $60,000 is that we have to incur $60,000 of business expenses that are non-deferable. So that means that, you know, payroll costs, rent, insurance, anything that we couldn't put off mm-hmm. to a later date, then those qualify. So as long as we have available expenses, we should get access to that cash. The only thing is with uh, the Canada Revenue Agency, which is the Canadian tax uh, agency, they're saying that as soon as you get access to that money, it's deemed that you're going to get twenty thousand dollars forgiven. So you have to pay tax on the twenty. Uh, that's the, okay, so that's the tax because thing.
0: the tax is given. All right, that's good to know. So because the tax has been given, has been given to you as basically income, you still have to pay tax on that. That's correct. Yeah, which okay, which I enough. know
1: is a little bit different than the PPP in the U.S., which sure. has now been said, hey, it's not going to be considered taxable income, which right. is really great news. All of the Canadian programs where there's anything that we've received that we don't have to repay. All the Canadian businesses are going to have to pay tax on that. Pay tax. Okay,
0: so that's super important. I mean, good to know. Which is Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, this is still this is still free money. We're talking about people. So, you are you're you know, this is an important detail to be aware of is that like even though America and Canada have some slightly different regulations, just the importance is you understand what yours are and you'll be able to follow through. So let's talk PPP, EIDL. I know you're not quite as versed on that as much, Bob, but you probably saw some good resources for us on there. But what are some of the things for the EIDL and PPP that are just important for us to be aware of here in the States?
1: Uh, Yeah, again, my my knowledge and awareness in those programs isn't as high as I would like it to be. I totally understand. Uh, I appreciate the disclaimer. But what I would say is, uh, you know, you need to be aware of if you're eligible for it and max it out, right? Because a lot of people are just saying, oh, you know, we'll we'll get it later or we don't need it. No, listen, if you're eligible and entitled to it, and it's the same with the Canadian programs, Go out and get it don't have a uh, principal statement that's like oh well no other people need it no go out and get it because we're gonna have to yeah. be paying taxes in Canada and the United States based on the fact that all of these programs have been given out in the future so go out and yeah. grab what you're entitled to and help reinvest that in your business or into your employees or into your families whatever it is Get yeah. access to the funds you're entitled to so that you don't miss out on it and watch everybody else use those funds to pay taxes back later.
0: Yeah, I do know there were some businesses that literally like with the first round of PPP, they're like, look, I'm not going to take this. I even know clients who uh, received PPP funding and then gave it back because they felt bad and they were like, I just I don't know if I need this whole thing and I'm worried about it or like keep it in a bank account and be like, "What? Well, I'm going to have to pay it back anyway. So I'm just going to use this money to pay it back. I think, Bob, you bring up a really good point. If you're investing this in things that can grow the business, the most important thing and the reason why the stimulus program in the U.S. and in Canada exists in the first place was because they wanted to stimulate the economy and let that money flow. Flow. That was the whole point was money stopped is what created the problem. And so when money stopped flowing to your business, it stopped flowing out of your business to the people that that needed it the most. So remember that your job is to use that money that was available to you and make sure you're applying for the funds that you can receive. And again, remember, especially for PPP and EIDL funds, a lot of those uh, were actually, in in a lot of cases, are being completely forgiven. I'm not promising that. You still have to apply and see what happens, but just be aware that as some of those things get forgiven, in, it's a really important thing for you to be in and using that for your business can be really, really helpful. And putting a good plan in place is important. Bob, any other hot tips you have before we wrap up today that that often salons specifically need to be aware of from a planning standpoint, times of year, things to be tuned into. Do you have any other like secret insider tips we should be aware of today, man? Yeah. One more big deduction that I
1: feel, you know, yeah. we all sometimes miss out on is putting our kids on payroll.
0: Yeah. so talk about this.
1: Yes, because this is going to be one of those great deductions that we get inside our business. And our kids are already costing us all this money anyway. Um, You know, we can look at it as a way for them to create responsibility and to save their own money and maybe pay for some of their own bills. But what we need to do is we need to pay our kids a reasonable wage for reasonable work done. So if we can argue and we should have them do it, um, if we can argue and have them come in and help us out doing minuscule tasks, administrative, you know, especially in a salon, cleaning, you know, uh, doing some janitorial duties, right? Getting our kids in there. We can get a pretty substantial deduction inside our business, and it's not going to be taxable to the kids because their income level is going to be so low.
0: Yeah, and by the way, Bob, like I, I will say I've, I've heard this one before, and I, this year was the first year that I kind of wrapped my head around it properly because this is what typically happens. Somebody will say, hey, I heard some guy named Bob Govro who said I can write off my children, and they go to their CPA, and their CPA says, yeah, no, you can't do that, right? Like that's… <laughs> Like inevitably that's going to happen. They're going to say, yeah, don't do that one. That That's a bad one. That's a red flag. Do you have any hot tips on making sure like there's, there's a couple of things beyond just saying like, go right off your kids, like to your point, making sure they actually are doing the work. You can't just write off your children just because they're children, like any other hot tips you could say so they can have a better conversation with their CPA, or maybe they just need to call a better CPA, but like any other hot tips that you have for them on how to make that, make sure that's in compliance. So it actually structures for them.
1: Well, and I, I think, Jason,
0: the fundamental is it comes back to, you know, there's
1: two different types of CPAs. There's one that says, oh, no, the rule says you can't. Or there's the other CPA, which is the the more limited one that says, OK, well, these are the rules. But if we do it this way, it fits within the rules. So you get access to that deduction. Right. Yeah. So, depend- so depending on the answer that you're getting from the CPA, they're either saying, no, we're too busy and these are the rules. You can't do it. Or you're getting somebody who says, "I want to help you get the greatest deductibility possible." So there are ways with kids. My kids are 12 and 10. Um, yeah. They will be on payroll this year. They will be forced to do work. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in a in it, a good yeah. way, in a good environment, they're boss. gonna. They're they're going to learn responsibility, but also they're going to be able to put this money together because if, you know, they go to school and we're not able to get deductions related to private school or whatever, they've now got these funds that they can put in and pay for themselves because you as a business owner, when you go to take that profit distribution out, you're going to pay dividend tax. It may not be as high as the regular employment income tax, but you're going to pay extra tax. you're gonna take that out and you're gonna pay tax on it where you know, you're know, you just gonna spend that on your kids anyway. If they've already got their own disposable income now from being responsible human, then they can spend that money on themselves. It ultimately gets you a business deduction and it avoids the personal
0: tax on you taking that distribution out. Yeah, so good, Bob. And I think this is really important. The tax code works when you use it correctly. And I think you said it really well is you either have a CPA who is lazy and says, oh, yeah, you can't do that. And the code says no. Or they say, here's how we can do that. And so that's the question. When you're talking to your CPA, do they just say, no, you can't do it? Uh, Because, look, the tax code says you can write off your children, period like that. That's a real thing. The question is, do they know how to do it properly and can you set yourself up to do it? Which just means, as you go into this next text planning season, you might say, well, look, I can't write off my kids for last year because they didn't do any work, but maybe I need to figure out a way to put my kids involved in the business in some form or fashion. Look, I use my children in my social media all the time. My kids are very present, they're very active, and actually they've got, Uh, Modeling releases they do for they're able to do talent work in the industry because I do so much on social media. We involve my children in things that we do, and so when we go on trips, I can pay for their flights out of the income that they receive when we go and do things together. So I think it's just really important for you guys to understand that there are creative CPAs and there are compliance CPAs. And Bob, I love that you are in the creative space instead of the compliance space because there are just so many people out there. Like again in the U.S. that'll just tell you the compliance of everything and they kind of run from anything creative. So thank you for giving us a little taste of what it's like to have access to a creative CPA. I just appreciate having you as a, as a homie that I get to call on and say, hey, hook us up with some knowledge. And if today has been helpful for you guys and you've learned some tax magic, do me a favor and comment tax magic. And Bob, thank you so much for being on today. I'm just so, so honored to have you here as a part of what we do no my pleasure my friend anytime
1: happy to help your community i know how much you give to your community so if i can help in
0: any way ever you know where to find me awesome thank you guys so much and bob what's your website if people want to track you down especially for my canadian salons if they want to get some information where do they go Yep,
1: yeah, it's govro CA. so that's g-a-u-v-r-e-a-u cpa.ca and Jason, can I do a quick plug for
0: my event next week? Please, yeah, because yes, you have one one little speaker who's going to be there that somebody might have heard of. Yeah, I don't Dwight. know if anybody's
1: heard of really. Gary Vanderchuck, but uh, but we've lined, crap, lined him up. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, we've lined him him up. So we've got a day built on maximizing the financial performance of your business, looking at how to strategically structure your business so that it makes the most amount of money possible because with the most amount of money, you can make the most amount of impact. We're focusing on that. Gary V's coming in Friday, April 9th, AscentSummit.com, $97. We're going live from 9 a.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Super excited about it. We're gonna give so much yeah. value and thank you guys. This, is, this
0: has been great. Happy to help in any way I can. Dude, I can't wait. I I love I I just if you guys haven't had a chance to check out the Ascent Summit, because you probably haven't known Bob till you checked out this podcast, please check it out. Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm a big fan. uh, Also a big fan of you, Bob. Thank you so much for being on today. And as as any time, I'd love to have you back and give some more tax advice to people. So thank you, Bob. Have a great day. And thank you guys for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo Podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes, at EvoRevoPodcast.com.